You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. Hey, Meanie. Yes. Before we start the show today, can I get a round of applause? Today, I'm excited to announce that Manscaped has launched their ultra-premium collection, believe it or not. It's for your not-so-private parts. Talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man and covers you literally from head to toe. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide. 4 million men. Holy shit. Who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MINDMEANING. Now, meaning we know how essential the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is for that precise trim below the waist. Their advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts to your most delicate areas, but now you can enhance the perfect grooming routine with their ultra-premium collection. Meanie, tell me about how this ultra-premium collection has worked for your little John and Eastside boys. Oh, man. Uh, I never have to worry about being embarrassed uh, in those mo- most intimate of moments. You know, uh, you know whether it's, you know, the hair care, the the weed whacker with the nose hair and the, the ear hair, and you know uh, down the down below, uh, you know just and down to my toes. You know, Manscaped's got me covered, man. Uh, they they sent us some quality products. We got some more stuff coming in the mail very soon that I'm excited about. It all comes in this really good looking travel bag, man. Uh, Manscaped has uh, got every guy covered from head to toe. And uh, I don't know if I'd be uh, as presentable as I am today without Manscaped. I uh, I enjoy l- looking presentable as well. I'll be taking six weeks off coming up soon, but that doesn't mean I won't have time to get little John on the east side. Boys looking ready for my wife's love. So don't forget, this package includes Manscaped's premium deodorant. And it's not for your balls, yeah. guys. It's for your stinky-ass armpits. This deodorant dries <laughs> clear. It's aluminum-free, and it smells like their signature scent. Their hydrating body moisturizer. If you have tattoos or you have issues like dry, with dry skin like I do, it's designed to keep your skin feeling fresh, clean, and smelling good. Uh, the body wash, nice. you lather it up. It's got the infused aloe vera and sea salt. Uh, it's the shower gel with the two-in-one conditioner uh, and shampoo to clean your scalp. Plus, it's got a free gift. It's a three-pack set of lip balm that's made with ingredients like vitamin E, peppermint, and eucalyptus oil to keep your chappers feeling moist. That's four products and a gift inside of this collection, which is an incredible score. But the best part is, Blue Meanie, that these products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, vegan-friendly, and dye-free. The best ingredients you can find with zero compromise. Getting dressed afterwards is optional, though, if you know what I mean. Wear one great (laughs) scent all day long. Get that ultra-premium collection hot off the shelves right now. Plus, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MINDMEANIE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MINDMEANIE at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle. 
thanks to Manscaped. And Meanie, I want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring the show again this week. Thanks for keeping us presentable, and thanks for keeping the lights on. Yes, sir. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Hey, yo, welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world, according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge, all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Spring is about to be sprung. It's... uh <laughs> Nighttime. It's uh, six o'clock in the evening, and the sun is still out. And uh, I got my windows open, and I got let sleep with a nice breeze. I'm uh, I'm a happy meanie right now. You look with happy. The, uh, well, I, I am a happy, happy meanie. Uh, uh, that, that was a little quote from uh, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> it's six o'clock in the evening. Um, <laughs> Sorry for those who haven't seen the the movie, but nah, man, I'm I'm really happy. I'm uh, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy I'm here. I'm happy the pod squads in the chat. We had a lovely little chat before, uh, you know, we started this show, which is the uh, benefit of Patreon.com/slash/MindOfTheMeaning. You get to watch us do this live and in person. I'm feeling pretty good. I, last week I worked uh, the NWA gimmick. I was uh, yeah. a Crockett Cup. Uh, nice little surprise at the Crockett Cup. Uh, got some. Uh, good feedback. Uh, had a great time. Uh, the NWA's got some great stuff going on over there, and uh, you know, I'm so I'm in, I'm in a great mood right now. So I can tell. I can tell that your spirits have been lifted. Um, I'm also yeah. excited. I'm also happy to see you, sir. And I'm always happy to see the Pod Squad here with us today for this episode. Here we got to start at the very top, though. I do want to congratulate you for showing up at the Crockett Cup. Uh, I loved yeah. the Scott Hall uh, tribute. Uh, I thought you did it perfectly. Sometimes, in Thank fact, you. dare I say, you do the razor, the blue guy, better than the bad guy sometimes. Ah, you're too <laughs> kind. You're too kind. Loved to it, though. The, the toothpick and everything, man. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed watching it. But we well, got to start. Well, here's the fun- What's that? Uh, what's that? Oh, no, 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 no. I was going to say, the funny thing is, you know, when I first started, doing, when we did the BWO, and I was the blue guy, the blue guy. And uh, instead of the uh, toothpick, I used to use a chicken bone, you know, <laughs> in the beginning. So I, you know, we, I've, you know, we're hanging out backstage at the uh, Crockett Cup. I was like, man, I should probably use a toothpick. So they had a runner go out specifically to get me a box of toothpicks, which <laughs> made me feel kind of, kind of special, you know. But uh, yeah, talk about a bucket list moment, man. Um, I'm sure. It, I mean, yeah, we we lost Scott. It was it was tragic, but what, what you know, just to get to pay tribute to him, uh, on the, at the Crockett Cup, uh, was a a buckleless moment because you know I grew up, you know, a Scott Hall fan. I grew up, uh, NWA fan. So my two worlds come together where I get to say I worked the Crockett Cup, 
but you know me make me working the Crockett Cup, I got to pay tribute to a guy who's who made the wrestling business a better place for me to work in, and, and uh, he made made it possible for me to make better money. So uh, when I told him I was going to do the Scott Hall thing, everybody was like all on board for it, and uh, you know I got to uh, do the toothpick, you know. <laughs> Uh, so like I had the box of toothpicks. I put one behind my ear. I had one in my mouth. I'm doing a bunch of things. I, for some reason I was like, oh, fuck. I took the toothpick out of my mouth. I, I'm sitting, I just slide it into the top of my knee pad and I just kind of forget it was there. So I go out, I do the, I have some backup toothpicks in the pocket. So I do the one to the camera as I come through the, through the entrance, come down the aisle, I reach in my pocket, pretend I get, pull another one out of my mouth, a little sleight of hand do another one at the camera so I, after my match you go back you know and we do your you know our thank yous and stuff like that in the match it was and i have to say it was awesome uh teaming with aaron um uh, aaron stevens and uh you know wrestling dango and uh, uh rtg and um you know they were so super cool uh with me and treated me with such respect but you know we did our thank yous after a match i sat down i went to pull my knee pad down and i was like I still have a tooth. I just wrestled a whole match with a toothpick, toothpick in my fucking knee pad. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it was an amazing event. Um, so proud of Billy and what he's doing over there. Yeah, just, much like when I worked for AEW, like that locker room atmosphere was super cool. This was just right up there with uh, the AEW locker room environment. You know, so professional. Everybody's there just to have know put on a good product and have fun and make money and stuff like that so and the crowd was super great you know it was great to wrestle the Nashville fairgrounds yeah you know legendary uh place so yeah just it, it, was, it was a great weekend uh again you know in true meanie fashion you know a kayfabe that I was even doing it and I didn't tell any, like maybe two or three people knew I was doing it but uh you know, it was fun getting to the building and, you know, just like not nobody knowing anything. And it's just the, the, the feeling, the build up to the, that feeling you get right as you're about to go through the curtain. And, you know, the feel that reaction was was awesome. So uh, thank you to uh, Billy Corgan and uh, the crew at NWA. You know, everybody behind the scenes was phenomenal. All the wrestlers are great. And uh, it, it was, you know, it was it was an awesome time. You know, it looked like you had a great time. I wanted to ask though, because yeah. you mentioned it now, um, the pop that you get when you come out into the crowd. I mean, I'm, you know, that you've had that happen pretty much your entire career. Does that ever get? <laughs> does it ever get old? Like, do you ever? No. Get, do you, like, does it ever? And then, in certain instances, is there ever a moment where, like, because I know I heard a friend of the show, Bully Ray, talk about it one time with his pop at the Rumble when he came out in Philadelphia. Yeah. Basically said he like, you know, for as as people in my circle would say, he dumbed out, right? Like he just didn't know where he was. He became disoriented. Does that, has it happened to you during a pop? And, and if that does, how do you recalibrate in that moment? Uh, well, that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of like if you get a nice big pop, it's kind of like an outer body experience kind of thing. But, you know, uh. You know, you know, older veteran me, uh, I'm more likely to keep my composure now to where if you watch my entrance 
you know, during, uh, Steve, if you watch me during Stevie, Stevie Richards, uh, entrance during, uh, barely legal. No, I'm out of my fucking mind. <laughs> Just like so full of energy, you know, mm-hmm. where if it was, if my brain was in that body, I would be a little bit more composed and stuff like that, you know, but, um, you know, and that there's just there's always that fear that nobody's going to react. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, because uh, you know a lot of the guys behind it, you know, things are like, oh, you're going to get a re- good reaction. I was like, oh, easy there. This isn't Philly. You know, <laughs> I've been uh, been kind of spoiled working at DCW Arena for the last couple months, where you know, it's a ten minute drive from home and uh, or a ten minute walk from home, and uh, you know, they're all my neighbors. So it's it's just a big lie, you know, but. No, nah, it was, it was, it's like, you know, I was a little hesitant. I was like, I don't, you know, always, you, you don't want to ever assume it's automatic. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, you know, I, I was at that curtain just as nervous as, if, you know, I've, you know, had no idea how the, you know, just knowing I didn't know how they were going to react. So when I heard the reaction, I just kind of went into the zone and did everything I could to pay tribute to Scott. Scott Hall. So, you know, uh, I, you know, and that's, that's the cool thing too about, you know, having experience with TV is you feel the cameras, you feel, you know, the thing that like I'm standing there and I feel the camera come up on my left. I turn around, I do the, the toothpick right into the camera, like Scott. And, you know, I did it in such a way where I took my time that like the person who was taking still photography got a perfect shot of the toothpick between my hand and the camera lens and stuff oh, that's like awesome. that. And, that's awesome. That's the that's the thing you gotta learn as the business, especially since it's a it's a TV business, pal. You know, uh, we make movies here. Are. God damn it, it's true. Uh, yeah, just know where the cameras are. Finding the cameras. You're, you know, if you're watching on Patreon, I make I made a square with my face. This is your money maker. This is your money. Sh- this is your money maker. Not and the money knowing, shot. Not the money no. shot. Because that's something different, Manny. That's a different program we do. But. Yeah. <laughs> Also, uh, speaking about money shots, don't forget manscaped.com. Yes. Use your promo code. I got my, I got my, uh, I got my uh, package in the mail. I'm going to have my Very package fine my products. Package. Yeah. You're going to moisten my lips as we talk here. But uh, listen, the big question, though, that I have right now is that you mentioned AEW. AEW will yes. be back in Philadelphia April 27th yes. at the Leacore Center. Tickets are available now. Will there be another Blue Meanie appearance? And an I would hope event. so. I hope so. But then again, they contacted me like the Friday before the last event. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, we hope yeah. so. I hope to see Mini there. That would be amazing. Go ahead and get your tickets. We're not being paid to do that. I think you should just, anybody no, should just yeah. go to a wrestling show. Because it's fucking Support awesome. All. Support, Support all wrestling. Absolutely. And uh, I guess Mini at the top of the show, we got to talk about the big news. Yeah. Um, yeah. That just happened today uh, inside baseball. It is Friday. It is Friday, March 25th. Uh, we are recording today in the year of our Lord, 2022. Triple H has announced his in-ring retirement. Uh, he had an interview today with ESPN uh, with Stephen A. Smith. Uh, turns out he was, in fact, as sick, sicker than most people had mentioned. Viral pneumonia. Uh, and he basically, he went through and he explained the story, said he was coughing up blood, um, and he had fluid around his heart. Um, so there's a whole process he goes through. He's talking about these issues with his heart and, um, what they, it's called an ejection fracture, which basically means he's in heart failure. 
and he almost died. Um, he mm. was very, very sick. Uh, now has a pacemaker, and he is uh, no longer able to uh, compete in the ring. Lots of tributes pouring in for Triple H and uh, thanking him for his career. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about Triple H. Blue Meanie, tell me some of your favorite moments. I guess because you worked with Triple H at a certain point. You were yeah. in the locker room with him. Uh, yeah. Tell me tell me more about that experience and what it was like to be with Triple H. Hey, you know, um, my heart goes out to Triple H. You know, you know him and Steph. Uh, when I worked at WWE, they were nothing but awesome to me. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I was the new guy there from ECW. Uh, I obviously wasn't a body guy. You know. Uh, but you know, he didn't treat me any less or any different than, uh, you know, uh, anybody else. And he was, he was very cool, very, uh, very welcoming. Uh, we, we, we hit it off mostly because we both have a love, you know, for heavy metal and, uh, you know, just being on, you know, plane rides and stuff like that and just, you know, bullshitting around, you know, and, being able to take a rib, like, you know, uh, I told this, you know, we told the story about, you know, my first weekend in with the first class ticket and, uh, you know, everybody, you know, ribs you a little bit and sometimes they, you know, not, not malicious, but, you know, you know, people say stuff and, uh, you know, it's all in how you react and I took it well. And I think that ingratiated me more into the locker room and, uh, <laughs> in my first weekend, I think, uh, and St. Clown Posse kind of took the heat off of me because they, uh, that's, when we got to Connecticut, you know, I got the first class ticket, we got to uh, TV, and that's the show where uh, ICP decided they, they w were going to walk out of uh, TV taping. So the attention from me being in first class, and, and it's weird, I just, this memory just came to me. You know, the, the thing about me being in first class went away and all the attention was on Insane Clown Posse, which, you know, you know, the guys in the locker room started talking about, but, you know, uh, from then on, like, you know, you know, Paul, you know, Triple H was always awesome. Him and China were great to me. You know, even at one point, you know, maybe, you know, they even offered to like, you know, Hey, if you ever want to ride with us and train and all this stuff, you know, work out and, you know, uh, which, you know, I probably could have done or should have done, but, you know, just, you know, uh, I was traveling with Al and, you know, always feeling like loyal, you know, to Al and stuff like that. I stayed with Al, but, you know, Triple H was, and, you know, hey, when I got released in the, from the WWE and they uh, brought me back, he was like one of the first people to come up to me and go, hey, man, I heard you're sticking around. I, I'm, I'm glad you're still here, which meant a lot to me because, you know, hey, you know, just in that attitude, I it there was more competition behind the scenes as there was in front of the camera because everybody's fighting for TV time. And, you know, uh, anytime somebody would leave the company, you know, the mind says, okay, cool. Now I get, you know, the, you know, step up a line and not that triple H was waiting for me to leave to step. Ahead of me. He, he was well ahead of me. Uh, but the fact that he was like, Hey man, I heard you're still here. Him and China, both him, both him and China were like, I heard uh, they're giving you another shot. I'm glad you're still here. Meant a lot. Yeah. So, uh, 
you know, he was always cool. And then, um, you know, I leave WWE. Um, and I would stop back, you know, to visit here and there. And uh, the last time I stopped by uh, a SmackDown in Philly was um, maybe five years ago. And uh, by chance, just run into Paul. Hey, Meanie, how you doing? Hey, Paul, how you doing? Good to see you, blah, blah, blah. Just bullshit for a couple seconds. And uh, Bill After was there, and Bill After was talking to Triple H about something. And uh, he went away. I was like, hey, good seeing you, Triple H. He's like, good to see you, Meanie. Glad you're here kind of thing. Yeah. So two days later, uh, and that, that was the same day Triple H, I mean, uh, JBL, had me on the uh, JBL and Cole show where I did a little cameo with uh, Heath Slater and uh, Emma. They were doing like something where they're filming a conversation. I just walk around in the background, you know, notice the camera, do a little meanie dance, and I run off. So I see Triple H do the thing with JBL. Like two days later, I get a call from a 203. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should, I, I'll pick this up. I pick up and it's a, somebody, hey, this is so-and-so from WWE Productions. Uh, we're doing uh, ECW Unreleased Volume 3. I uh, wanted to see if you're interested. I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. You yeah. know, and um, I lear later learned from that producer, this guy named Mike. He's He's no longer there, but... Michael, the producer of the DVD, was like, you know, we went to Triple H with a, a list of ECW names. You know, BWO was on there and a couple others. And Triple H picked you to do it. So I was like, you know, the, you know talk about, you know, high compliment right there, you know. Triple H could have picked anybody. But he picked me and Stevie, to be fair. It was me and Stevie who uh, hosted with... Uh, Joey Styles. So, you know, that's another thing, you know, Triple H did for me, you know, he gave me another opportunity to work for WWE and have another opportunity to uh, put food on my table and mm -hmm. pay my bills and stuff like that. So, you know, Triple H has always been a great guy, always been one of the boys. He's always been about the boys. That's why you see all the tributes pouring in from, people who work there now or people who worked there in the past because right. he's a good guy. And I'm sure he catches some flack because, you know, um, you know, being in office and stuff like that. But, you know, that, that comes with the territory when, you know, you're in office, you know. Yeah. But, you know, pe people know the real deal. They, people know what he's about. He's, you know, a pro wrestler in a, in a sports entertainment world, you know. Uh, but the Triple H – Total class act. Um, I shared one of my favorite memories, you know, you know, which unfortunately had to do with, you know, him uh, tearing his quad. But then, like, mm -hmm. they did this music music montage to uh, U2's Beautiful Day from that chronicle from the injury to him working out and potentially coming back. When they played that, you know, fans went apeshit for it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then his then his return at the garden, you know, with uh, Kurt Angle, you know, fucking the, blew the roof off the garden. So like Triple H has been there; he's been a constant there forever. You know, he he yeah. serves a wrestler. He uh, is part of the clique. 
you know, he's part of the curtain call. He got punished for it. Um, you know, but he, he powered through that. And, you know, for all the, you know, people talk about, you know, rock and Austin, rock and triple H was a pretty good feud too. Then yeah, nobody really talks about that much anymore. I mean, they kind of like a low key, solid feud, man, like big time. Yeah. They were like two young lions coming up, you know, working, they were working their way up the ladder and to get noticed, you know, Rock and Austin was awesome, but let's not forget about Triple H and Rock too. They yeah. had they had a good run, you know. Uh, and, and then you know he's 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 you know been a solid he's been a solid all right all the way around. I think it's um I think it, we would be remiss not to mention the fact that like you know with the curtain call you know people tend to forget sometimes how much heat Hunter took for that, you know yeah. he, he and if what's crazy too when you think about it is that fact that. Triple H is ingrained in all of those things. You know, the curtain yeah. call didn't happen. Scott Hall doesn't go to WCW. You know, or Scott Hall, if he didn't go to the WCW, the curtain call curtain wouldn't call. have happened. And then he wouldn't have gotten punished. And then Austin wouldn't have won the King of the Ring. And then we wouldn't have Austin 316. Austin. Yep. You know, and all these things are, everything is connected. It was all just, and he is just such a integral part of all of that success. And I think he, yeah. he absolutely deserves the flowers that he's getting right now. And yeah. I think I think he deserves more than that. I think he gets a he gets a bad rep. I think he gets a bad rep. And, you know, not everything is landed, which obviously, you know, in wrestling that that happens. Right. But I think overall his impact of the business is being felt. And especially, you know, to look at NXT, you know, not even inside the ring. You know, I'm seeing all yeah. kinds of posts from people like Bailey and Sasha Banks and all the stars of today that are in the positions that they are because of Triple H, you know? And Travis in the in the pod squad here saying he was like uh, Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. The, re- the whole reason that feud worked is because yep. of Triple H being in that position, you know? I yep. mean, and people people don't necessarily realize all that, you know? I, I, I think it's... Um, I think it's nice to see all these people giving him the respect and the and 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 his credit where it's due. Yeah, man, and I I, I watched his interview with Stephen A. Smith today, and uh, I felt it. Um, you know, not to make this about me, but like there was a time, two thousand six, right around this time of year, if I'm being if I'm remembering correct. Uh, I, I had gotten sick on St. Patrick's Day 2006. Uh, I thought it was just a flu. I tried to tough it out. I went and made a booking out in, from Philly to Portland, Oregon. I landed in Portland, Oregon. My, my throat felt like it was on fire. felt like I was swallowing razor blades. And I was just fucked up all the way around. And the things just got worse. And by the time I got back to Philly... And uh, Mrs. Meany, you know, saw me. My face had exploded with like fever blisters and oh my all God. this stuff. I had a, you know, long story short, I had a bacterial infection in my lung. It's called a uh, empyema, uh, which you know uh, anybody can get. It can happen to anybody. You know, I thought, you know, I talked to the doctors. I was like, is this because I'm as an actor? Like, no, you know, a couple of weeks before you were in, we had this, you know, girls like, you know. 19 or whatever super young athletic track star in here same thing and uh my stupidity trying to ride it out made things worse and my lung lung got a little disease so they had to go in and you know remove part of my left lung so but yikes 
Yeah, when uh, Triple H was talking about coughing up blood, you know, it got to the point where I, I start coughing up blood. I was like, ooh. Yeah. Uh, time to, you know, I, I, I said, hey, hon, get my clothes. I'm going to the hospital, you know. And, yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, so to hear, you know, thankfully nothing was wrong with my heart. But, you know, he, you know, the way he got emotional, you know, I, you know, I never had been, you know, I, I had surgeries when I was a kid, but I was, too young to remember him, you know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, just to, uh, you know, think that, you know, they're going to go into your lung and trigger things out. And, you know, that, you know, they had, they had to go through my ribs and put in drainage tubes and all the stuff. So Jesus. Watching his interview today and how he got emotional, I, I was like, yeah, I, I feel that. God. And, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's still here. Yeah. Um, and uh, hopefully he comes back at his own pace, you know, just a little bit, a little less stressful, you mm-hmm. know, just, um, you know, but, you know, the world's a better place for having, and especially the wrestling world's a better place for having, you know, Triple H in it. And, um, you know, thoughts go out to him, thoughts go out to Stephanie. Stephanie's super cool. Uh, thoughts go out to their kids, you know, thoughts go out to Vince, you know. Vince is a caring guy for, as much as people love to vilify him, you know, even though he has, he does things in business that people question, but you know, he's making quite, there's a reason why he's a billionaire making those decisions because he's had to make the, make the hard decisions that some people might be, might not be able to make. So, but thoughts go out to that, to them, thoughts to the families, stuff like that. Yeah. We're, uh, we're really lucky to have, to have Triple H, I agree with that. He's been one of my favorites. I've been a mainstay for a long time. Uh, and I'm just glad that he, you know, not only kicked out, but is also seemingly still on the come up from that. So, Oh, and here's another story I forgot, you know, with the whole JBL thing. Oh, you know, have at um, it. You know, our listeners yeah, just, love to ask about JBL. So wait, yeah. let me make sure I understand this, Blue Meanie. You and JBL had a had a tiff? There was a, yeah. there was a thing that happened? Yeah, uh, a, a minor disagreement. Uh, These things happen, yeah. Blue Meanie. Take care, brush yeah. your hair. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. But, uh, yeah, they brought me back to Sacramento. It was July 4th, 2006-ish. And uh, I'm standing there, and Triple H comes up to me and goes, Hey, Meanie, you, you look uh, you look worried. I was like, well, yeah, Paul. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was told I was being brought back, and I was told it was, had nothing to do with Bradshaw and they got me working with Bradshaw tonight and, you know, uh, or with JBL. And I, I was like, I don't know. It's like, he said, stand here for a second. I was like, all right. He walks away, comes back like a minute or two later, brings me into Vince's office. And, you know, you know, Paul took it, went above and beyond and brought me into Vince's office and had me explain my situation and talked to Vince. And Vince reassured me everything was going to be fine. And then, you know, me and JBL had our talk after that, and everything's cool, and we've been, it's hard to believe, but two grown men, you know, made up and uh, put our differences aside and, and did business, and we're, we're friends to this day. I know it's hard to believe, but. If you can see my face, I have a, fa- a, a shocked, and um, it's just an unbelievable surprise that this could be possible. I mean, one yeah. would assume that this could happen, but not. Not in wrestling, pal. That's not how it works. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, that's that. That was Triple H. He he saw me standing there, 
and saw the look on my face and, and he came over to, to check on me and say, Hey man, what's up? Yeah. And he heard me and he did right by me. That's so, good. you know, he, he, he's, he's a good guy, man. He's a yeah. good guy. Uh, is it, and I guess another question, which is completely unrelated to, to triple H, but you know, being in a room with Vince McMahon, like, is it just rad? Like, what, what, like, how, like, how do you even start a conversation? Does he start it? Hey, pal, you're the blue guy. The blue guy. Do the blue guy thing. Like, how does it, how does it work? Oh, meanie. Uh, <laughs> I always say this. Like, if you had your back to the door with your eyes closed, you could still feel Vince walk through the door. Because he's got an, he's got that energy around him. He's got that aura. You know, he's got that force field around him where you could just feel him well, you can feel his presence. So, you know, that day we walk in and he's having lunch. He's got this big fucking steak and he's, uh, <laughs> he's watching the, he uh, he's watching the, uh, early footage of Hogan's n- nose best, I guess. Cause you know, season one was just about to happen. Mm-hmm. So he's looking at it, you know, writing his notes or whatever. He's like, please have a seat. You know, I go over and you know, he's got a whole fucking locker room to himself with like, L-shaped couch and stuff like that. So I just went over there and sat and, you know, just, you know, I, this is cool. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, it was uh, Vince, Triple H, and uh, Johnny Ace. And I just explained. And I gave him the, uh, like I did after One Night Stand, I gave the uh, Cliff Notes version of, you know, the elevator pitch. Yeah. This happened to happen, blah, 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 blah. Here's how I feel. I assure you, Meanie, if John does one thing wrong in that match, he will no longer work here. You have my personal guarantee. And um, I took him at his word, and the match went swimmingly. Yeah. Uh, The match itself was supposed to go a little bit longer, but, you know, that's wrestling, you know. That's live TV. TV. Yeah. Shit, I've been in a gorilla position when they're like, oh, your match is cut. And you're like, oh, all right. (laughs) You know, well, at least so. I showed up. I showered today, so that works. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we went. We're, we went from having twelve minutes to like seven. Yeah. So uh, let's just go right to the eat. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, That's, but uh, you know, again, Triple H, you know, went to bat for me. I can just, I just imagine just being. I could be. I can feel myself like intimidated just even at the thought of being in the room with Vince McMahon, and I'm sure like that goes away after a while. But I, I don't know, man. I. Like just imagining being around him, you know, it's like uh, 50 Cent is that type of person. When I met 50 Cent, he just like he commands the room, you know, like just this this aura that follows him where he is. And I guess that's why he is as as successful as he is, is because he just commands the room. But uh, Camerata wants to know from the pod squad here. We're talking a little bit inside the group. And don't forget, go to Patreon dot com slash mind of the meaning. Sign up today. You get to watch us record this. Our beautiful faces every week early and now ad free because we we read our our ads afterwards and then we add them in and it's great so you come out and hang out with us have a good time but the talk of the town still blue meanie is uh mr cody rhodes uh we uh we have not gotten any confirmation that he will be at wrestlemania we haven't even gotten a confirmation that he's been signed the uh the rumor mill is a buzz with his a official signing um but a lot of the conversation i've seen with cody rhodes uh today has involved Triple H and people expressing their, I guess not disappointment, but 
willingness to see the two of them link up in some capacity. Do you foresee Triple H having an on-screen authority role in similar to what he had before, or do you think he's just... That's it. He's just going to be in the back office and that's going to be the end and he'll pop out and, you know, do the wave and then off he goes. Time will tell. Um, I mean, because this whole thing's still fairly new where he's still, you know, having issues, got pacemaker and all that stuff. And, you know, from a lot, you know, from what I understand, you know, a lot of people were set, you know, told, you know, don't even bring up wrestling to him. Just let him be stress free. So, I think it's going to be a, a a test of time to see how long it takes for him to come back, you know, from that and just how much stress can he take, you know, you know, because wrestling's more mental. I mean, you, you, there's a physical toll to it, you know, with the travel and stuff like that and keeping long hours, but mentally, you know, is he prepared, you know, to handle the stress? Right. And with the stress, you know, you know, stress, what the stress does to the body, what do, what it does to the heart. So, uh, who knows? Uh, with what was the, what was your part with Cody again? I'm sorry. Oh, people were just talking about Cody Rhodes and, you know, the callback to the, the throne smashing, uh, yeah. ordeal and how it would be, uh, interesting to see him, you know, with the sledgehammer and then, you know, Q triple H and the whole thing. And, I don't know, man. I buy into that. I would be interested in seeing that. I'd be interested in seeing the workaround back. I don't know. What do you think? Triple H comes out and gives him a thing of crazy glue that tell him, tells him to put it back together. You, know? <laughs> you broke it. Fix it. You you uh, broke this. Uh, <laughs> put it back together. Uh, you know? That is an incredible <laughs> Triple H impression, by the way. You broke <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Paul's smart enough that he would do something. He, he would do something. He sees the money. Well, I, I'm sure. I, I, yeah. I'm sure when Cody did it in AEW, I'm sure Paul went, ha! you know. Yeah. I'm <laughs> good, sure he's like, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good shit, pal. Yeah. 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 Cause, you know, uh, everybody go on YouTube and look up a video clip it says Al Snow talk about w- Cody Rhodes leaving WWE. Al Snow on Cody Rhodes leaving WWE. And the most important thing Al says in that clip is you can always go back. Mm-hmm. And this clip is maybe four years ago, five years ago. You can always go back. It doesn't matter. As long as you're talented and they know they can make money with you, they'll bring you back. Yeah. You know, they brought they brought back Ultimate Warrior back after he held up Vince before he went to the ring at SummerSlam. They brought Jeff Jarrett back. And not only was he in the Hall of Fame, he was in the Rumble and he worked in creative. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's business. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, Cody went out there and smashed the throne. And uh, I see people out there going, Oh, Cody going back, it's such a betrayal I can't believe to the revolution. It. No, it's a fucking it's it's a fucking business. Yeah. First, First of all, get your most. get your shit together. If you're sitting here tweeting that stuff, like we talk about that, it's like this is crazy, guys. Like this is this is not rational yeah. behavior, guys. Pull it yeah. together. I understand. I understand that you like your product, but you like what you like. But guys, that's a bridge no. too far. 
Yo, I was upset when Reggie White left the Philadelphia Eagles for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. But I realized it was a fucking business decision. <laughs> you know, just uh, Leonard Toes didn't want to pay fucking Reggie White. And, uh, or was it Norman Brayman at that time? I think it was Norman Brayman. As uh, Buddy uh, Buddy Ryan called him, the man in France. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norman Brayman didn't want to renew Reggie's deal. I mean, Reggie White was the uh, one of the forefathers of free agency in football. You know, the reason why there's free agency now is because Reggie White and a few people, you know, a few players lobbied for it. Aye. But he left on a business deal. The fuck he went was to he play. thinking? Not re- right. Aye, what the fuck were you thinking? Sorry. Yeah. And the Eagles, let, the Eagles let Brian Dawkins go, and he <sighs> went to Denver. You know, there's Stupid. been plenty of, yeah. You know what I'm that is? I'm an Eagles fan. Do you know what that is? You know what a decision is like that? It's the shits. That? That's what it is. <laughs> it's the shits. That's exactly what it is, Bret Hart. Thank you for confirming that. Yes. Yes. Letting go of Reggie White <laughs> and Brian Dawkins. It's the shits. Ridiculous. Yes. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Little Jimmy is asking us here. Um, he is in a live uh, Zoom call. This is sort of like a cross-promotional um, sort of... Uh, metaverse blending yeah. of the worlds here right now. They're doing a, some cool shit uh, over at adfreeshows.com. Uh, little Jimmy's in a Zoom call with Arn Anderson. And does uh, do we have any questions for Arn Anderson? We should probably get the rub, right? Uh, okay, uh, Little Jimmy, ask Arn Anderson. Uh, the Blue Meanie asked, what was it like working at the Philadelphia Civic Center knowing that Philadelphia was a heel town? And he's more likely to get a baby face pop than a heel boo. And just let him know that I that I put up the four horsemen sign. Just let him know yeah, that we, 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 we're doing it right now. So for the screenshot. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Wait, Speaking of wrestling, meta- hold on. Let me let me screenshot that again. Go ahead. Okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> we'll tweet that at him shortly. Um, yeah, uh, Jimmy. No reason to be. No reason to be uh, sorry for joining us. You're always welcome here. We're always here. You can find us at Patreon.com/slash Mind with the Meaning. It's okay to be. It's okay to be tardy. Uh, <laughs> but real quick, speaking of wrestling metaverse. Uh, oh yeah. I'm, invo- I'm involved with a new project, uh, the wrestling metaverse. So go to thewrestlingmetaverse.com and check it out. Uh, it's a really cool project. Um, it's best to go to the website, but it's uh, they're doing some cool stuff. They're they're getting their own versions of re- their own wrestlers, and they're signing on more wrestlers like myself. Yeah, the BWO, Al Snow, Aaron Stevens, hopefully some more people. And it's kind of kind of it's kind of the best way I can explain it is like an open world pro wrestling game. Uh, and it's 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 pretty cool to be on the the ground floor of something that could be really cool and and go on and last forever but uh go to wrestling metaverse uh dot com uh i think to believe it, it's at wrestling metaverse on twitter uh they have more announcements coming up but they you know they got stuff where you can buy into the game uh, there's nfts and stuff like that and uh you can create your own world there'll be like almost like almost like kind of territories you know, where you take your wrestler to one territory, go somewhere else, and 
you get bored there, you travel all over and stuff like that. But uh, I'm I'm in the the uh, I'm in on the ground floor of something really cool with Wrestling Metaverse. So uh, go check out their website and uh, see what it's all about. Definitely go check that out. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes as well. Uh, yeah. As right now, we're doing this live. We're going to do it live. Fuck it. I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> I am currently tweeting at the Arn Show uh, and I'm putting up our photo. Hey, sup? I'm tagging us in it now and making sure that they see this. Shout out to Arn Anderson and, and uh, Conrad Thompson, uh, friends of the show. If you're not over on ad-free shows, you definitely should be because it's probably the best investment you'll ever make outside of this one right here, patreon.com. Slash mind of the meanie. Uh, I know after this, we I, have, I, I, I stand corrected real quick. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, at wrestling verse on Twitter. Go to wrestling verse on Twitter. Uh, the website is wrestlingmetaverse.com. So, yes. Make sure you go check that out. Uh, Pod Squad, as always, excellent to have you here. Lots of great comments in the chat box about Triple H. There's a great feud. Triple H versus Mick Foley. Damn. Yeah. What a great fucking feud that was. What a great yeah. storyline. Um, I think the one miss for me, though, and I'll never get over this, is the, uh, and I know it probably wasn't, you know, it wasn't, wasn't Triple H's call for the creative, but, you know, the Booker T and, and Sting ends. I don't know, man. They, uh, the, the build felt great. I just thought that, especially Booker T, I feel like Booker T for me should have been the payoff, right? Should have won the gold yeah. belt at that time. I don't know. That one sort of sticks for me, but I mean, everything else has been mostly, I mean, well, with the exception of that really weird one thing they did um, with Kane, but I mean, everything else has been really great. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I've really enjoyed his stuff. Um, yeah. Jimmy, we had, uh, he sent over the question. I uh, uh, sent a question to you for Arn. Um, what was it like to work in the civic center uh, when it was I, a, I, I, the blue mean he wants to know. Yeah. Here you go. As a, as a Philadelphia wrestling fan, what was it like to be a professional wrestler working the Philadelphia? What was it like working f- for the Crockett's in Philadelphia at the Philadelphia Civic Center, knowing it that it was a heel town? So make sure you ask him and let us that know. We'll question. make sure we listen back. Uh, real quick before we get into Ask Meanie, um, how are you feeling about WrestleMania weekend? Do you have any fun plans coming up for WrestleMania weekend? Will there be an appearance? At WrestleMania with the blue guy. <laughs> I wish I was doing WrestleCon, but uh, nah, no plans. Um, oh, if I could get back to the Triple H thing you, yeah. you brought up, like, yeah, the, the Sting finish. Yeah, I wish Sting would have won. But, uh, you know, Triple H, knowing him, like, you know, we recently had the anniversary of Wrestle, WrestleMania 18 where uh, it was Triple H and Jericho. And they both had to follow Hogan Rock. Oh. And Triple H, both Triple H and Jericho talk about, you know, there's no way we can follow that. Let, please, let's go on before that. So I could see a lot of times where Triple H could have been booked to do something and maybe he wasn't, maybe he went along with the plans and stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, it's not always, you know, he might have some power, but he doesn't have the ultimate power. That's yeah, Vince. Not- it's not like creative control, brother. It's not like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm sure, I mean, I would imagine at some point when you get to a certain level, you can have input in, in that. But I mean, that, that definitely is, you know, we know where that lands. We know where that sits. So this is where the power lies, dude. <laughs> dude. 
anything, anytime you can, you yeah. can reference a, a crazy that, whacked out Hogan reference. That's why you got to get on Patreon. Right uh, dot com slash my. This is where the power lies, dude. I'm not saying it either. I'm not giving it away. You have to come and watch the video. But yeah. Meanie. <laughs> yes. Would you like to ask Meanie? I would love to. Ask me something. Don't forget. Use the hashtag ask Meanie. And we may ask your question on the show. Meanie, you got a, what kind of a seltzer you got for us today? Yeah. For uh, ask Meanie. You know, I like to have a little bit of seltzer. I have LaCroix. LaCroix. Did I, say, did I say that right? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Right? I can't remember. Either. Key lime. Yeah. So, Love it. Uh, let's see. Three, two, one. Sam and it. There we delicious. go. Delicious. Delicious. Not as delicious as this, though. It's the shits. I can't remember what regular air smells like. It's all fart and poop jokes here. All, for, all the time. I'm going to go back into the pod squad here. I'm going to give us a question. We're going to start uh, with Anthony Camerata this week. Meanie. Camerata. Meanie, have you ever gotten vertigo looking up at the high seats or the light when you're on your back from inside the ring? I've, I was counting the lights so often I was used to it. Um, no, uh, nah, nah. Um, especially, you know, knowing that, you know, in wrestling, you, you always got to sell for the cheap seats. That's when, you know, you always tell guys, you know, it's good to, you know, let the first couple rows see it, but ultimately we were doing things for the people in the last row as well. So, and when you're selling to the people in the last row, that's when you know you're making some money. So, yeah, I never got vertigo, stuff like that. Nah. I wish I had a better answer, but, you know. Travis from the Pod Squad wants to know: um, What up, Travis? Are you going to any concerts anytime soon? The Darkness is playing in Philly on April twenty third. Always a good time seeing them. I would love to see the Darkness. I know Wolfgang Van Halen's coming back to town. Uh, I think next week. Uh, I'm interested in that. Depending on tickets and stuff, it's still weird. You know, getting used to going back around crowds and stuff like that. As I'm about to do a wrestling convention, but um, um, I I would definitely like to see Wolfgang's band. Uh, he's they're touring with uh, Dirty Honey, which is another really good band. Uh, I would definitely like to check out. Where's the Darkness playing? If he can uh, give me feedback on that. Yeah, let me take a look. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw it in the uh, the old Google here. I know that friends of the show, the Foo Fighters will be uh, playing at the Lincoln Financial Field uh, yeah, in the summer in July. So I will be I I... there taking <sighs> photos of the band for nice. a website that I work for called Live for Live Music. You can go check that out right now. Liveforlivemusic.com. Search for my name, and you can find my most recent set of photos from the John Mayer concert. But uh, it looks like the darkness is going to be at the Brooklyn Bowl on Canal Street, uh, April 23rd. Um, hey, that's a new venue. I've never been there. I'm not familiar with that venue either. I am. Uh, I'll have to go and take a look at it and see what's uh, what's going Darkness on. Darkness is a great band. Darkness is a great band. Very. Uh, it's kind of like ACDC meets Queen kind of thing. Yeah, got going on. But um, what was I going to say? I was watching a really good Foo Fighters concert this morning. They uh, somebody uploaded them from Lollapalooza in Brazil. Mm. 
And there's if there's anything I love, I love watching concerts from South America where the fans, you know, just bounce up yeah. and down like to the music, like boom, 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 boom. If you if if you you're, you're a music fan and you like Alice in Chains, watch Alice in Chains from uh, Rock and Rio '93, and when they do Man in the Box, the crowd just bounces to the point where even Lane Staley like kind of breaks character and just starts smiling. <laughs> They're just watching the crowd and the crowd's just like boom, 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 boom. It just bouncing with and even Lane Staley, like like who's, you know, not known to like he's known to be serious on stage. He's just smiles and aims the mic at the crowd because they're singing right back to him and it's beautiful. When music's done right, it's it's the best thing in the world. I uh, I have to agree. I uh, when I saw Dave Grohl, like being that close to Dave Grohl, I feel like added probably like twenty years to my life. Um, but man, I I have I have one of Dave Grohl's beer cans. No shit. Fucking uh, one of my boys works over Camden does security. And they were clearing the stage off, and he grabbed one of his, uh, what is those, Foster, big gas Foster cans, yeah. whatever it is. The giant ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I'm sure I'm getting the fucking beer wrong, but it's a big fucking can. No, you're right. It's Foster's. And he's like, he's like, bro, where are you? I was like, shit, I left. He's like, ah, I got Grohl's can for you. It's like, what? So I ran to him like a couple of days later, and we both took a sip out of the same can, and then he gave it to me. <laughs> So whatever Dave has, we have. So uh, whatever energy I can get from the the can. I have to watch his movie, too. They just, Foo Fighters just put out that. uh, It's a horror movie, right? Horror movie. Yeah. Which started out as, they started out making an album, and they're like, and supposedly the place was like really haunted. And. uh, Oh, shit. So they just start goofing off about making a movie in there, and then they're writing a script, and he wrote like a soundtrack for like a fake band but it's him yeah. you know doing the music and stuff like that and you know carrie king from slayers in it and a whole bunch of other cool cameos and stuff like that so it's pretty cool um mark and dryden always has great what questions up? Meanie, yes. let's talk managers oh it's for both right. of us who could you guys see bobby heenan excuse me let me try that word name again who could you guys see bobby heenan and jim Cornette managing out of today's wrestlers i'll let you go first Jim Cornette or Bobby Heenan? Well, goddamn. Of course, FTR. Yeah. I mean, you know, Bobby Heenan managed the Brain Busters. Yeah, that would, that's a slam dunk right there. That was the first name. That was the first name that came into my mind with Heenan. Yeah, I wish. Yeah, I wish. I mean, it's a shame Bobby's gone. And imagine Bobby Heenan with a fucking podcast. And imagine Bobby Heenan. I like, and I, I feel bad too because I got worked into his, somebody had a fake bobby heenan twitter account and i fucking fell for it yeah because some, somehow they got verified somehow so somebody verified it so i was like oh my god bobby heenan's on twitter this is the me- most amazing thing it turned out it turned out it was horrible and fuck fuck whoever did that to play for with real. My emotions for but, real uh, yeah jim Cornette could definitely manage ftr which uh imagine uh, I wish AEW would fucking allow it. 
You know, just because, yeah. look, Jim Cornette and Jerry Lawler didn't say the, the nicest things about ECW, but Paul knew business. He brought Cornette and uh, Jerry Lawler into ECW and the fucking heat, you know. Oh, my God. I will never forget where I was when I saw that because Jerry Lawler yeah. in ECW was fucking nuts. But watching Jim Cornette, James E. Cornette show up in the middle of the fucking ring was like, oh, my God. I thought the room was going to blow off the place. Dude, the, the, I can't even put into words the, the reaction. I've been around some really, I've been in attendance for some awesome crowd reactions. You know, uh, in ECW, when, uh, you know, the Pitbulls beat Raven and CB for the tag belts in two out three doll collar match, that was electric. Um, one that didn't make it wasn't on TV. I went to the Civic Center and they teased Nikita winning the U.S. belt and it was a dusty finish. But when the crowd thought he was wanting the place came up fucking unglued. Uh, you know, but you know Heenan. I mean, uh, I wish Heenan, uh, Lawler and Cornette at the Arena was. I mean, I was there when fucking McFoley won the WWF belt. I was there when Jericho Whoa. debuted. Debuted for WWE with a uh, Monday Night Jericho with the the countdown clock. So I've been around a lot of. I've been fortunate to be in certain companies that had these huge reactions, and uh, the crowd when Jim Cornette was there with the racket, and you know Jerry Lawler just because it was Lawler, and then it was Lawler again, and then the lights went out. And it was Lawler and Cornette. Fucking insane, man! Insane. Dude. Talk about insane. like, and and no one knew it was coming. Like no. that is crazy. Crazy. That's why man. I wish. That, well, now they're they're hinting that you know Bret Hart might be managing FTR, but dude, if you want fucking heat, I mean, Cornette and AEW yeah. managing FTR would be fucking heat. Oh my. God, could you imagine? Well, I know Cornette has yeah. mentioned that, like, and I think Tony Khan has even said too that. Um, I, I can't re recall the quote, but he said he listens to Cornette, and he listens he to does. the things that he says. So, again, if Tony Khan is looking to do good business and you want that heat, brother, you better fucking yeah. You pulled in Jim Cornette. That's that's how you get heat, man. That's real heat too. That's old school fucking no bullshit heat. That's how you get, and you know it's going to be better than whatever Lambert's doing right now. You know, yeah. Lambert's stuff, I, I that's hit or miss for me, mostly a miss. You get Cornette in there, who knows what he's doing and can actually be that person? Holy shit. Unbelievable. That would be crazy. As, crazy good. And as as the saying goes, heat puts meat in the seat. I'm trying to think about anybody that's currently in WWE that I could see Cornette or Heenan manage. Obviously, FTR is like my first go-to for both of them because either one of Either one of those guys could could easily do that. I would have loved to seen Jim Cornette manage Cesaro. Yeah, you yeah, know? that would have been a hell of a pairing. Yeah, because I mean, like Cornette was—that's the thing. I'm not—it's not a slight against Cesaro. Just like let Cesaro be the machine, and let Cornette be the mouth. Yeah, you know the killer. You know, silent but deadly, kind of like Bobby Eaton. You know. I could see, I could even see in some respects, I could see Heenan managing Nakamura. 
Yes. That would be a, a, a an incredible pairing. Or Cornette. Cornette could easily manage Nakamura. Yeah. You know, be his uh, you know spokesperson, you know, just his representative. Yeah, his special counsel, if you will. That's what I was looking for. There you go. Yeah, I um I there I mean there's probably hundreds of 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 comparisons you could do, but I would love to see I mean, look, I'd love to see Cornette back in as a as a heel manager somewhere. I mean, get to get that heat, but I don't, you yeah. know, I wish I wish Bobby Heenan was still around for this. Um, let's see what else we got going on here for questions. Uh, another question from Camerata. Have either of you had the chance to watch DDP's Netflix series that also has John Morrison in it? It's called Guardians of Justice. Shout out to DDP, friend of the show and friend of Foundation Radio, Diamond Dallas and, Page. Uh, a friend of wrestling, uh, he's doing, uh, he's got Buff Bagwell living with him over at the uh, accountability, accountability crib. That's right. And uh, good for Buff Bagwell. Uh, Buff's a good dude. He, uh, I know he's, you know, been polarizing with, among some people and stuff like that. But Buff has always been good to me. Uh, always been a class act. And, uh, you know, Life's about small victories. You know, waking up, you know, is a small victory. Putting your feet on the floor, standing up, going about your day, small victory. So Buff's had his issues. And the fact that he's come to realization that he needs help is a is a small victory. And all the small victories lead to bigger victories. So the fact that Buff is down there with DDP and Jake, you know, know getting his uh, life in order uh i'm very proud of him i'm very happy for him and i i hope to see you know his uh you know his uh story arc as he uh, on his road to redemption so agreed shout out to dd shout out to ddp shout out to the buff shout out to jake but uh what was the question i'm sorry oh no that's okay uh he wanted to know if we had seen his new show on netflix uh guardians of justice I have not. I am sorry. I just uh, I just finished watching a, a series called Worst Roommate Ever, which uh, not sh- not shot un- not unsurprising. The last two episodes is a one and two part episode about somebody in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Of course. And it. it just happened recently and i'm and they're showing like news clippings i'm like how the fuck did i not know about this <laughs> i'm not i'm not, not going to go into detail go on netflix watch worst roommate ever it's like five it's like five or six episodes but the last two are the same person this person that is that much of a piece of shit jesus that they had to do a two-parter on it and it's like whole like and the main you know the main event happens like right here in Philly, but I was like, you know what? It was 2017. I was probably heavily into the Eagles Super Bowl right then, so I was, I was, uh, I was in sports mode, you know. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I don't know if I can even tell this story. There was a guy I knew in high school um, who was should probably belong on that show. Um, <laughs> we were friends, and I think we were friends in sophomore year, and then he like fell off the face of the earth. And you ever just like randomly Google somebody, and you're like, I wonder where it ever happened to that person. Here it yeah. turns out his fucking roommate shot him and killed him in a fucking oh like a whole roommate ordeal. And I was like, I did not see that coming. Like, what a twist. 
Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, reading the story and finding out what happened to him, it was like, oh my God, this guy just went completely off the rails. Um, you know, but you know, unfortunately, you know, bad things happen there, but, uh, yeah, I am looking forward to seeing that. Uh, we also have breaking news. If we can hit yes. the, uh, action news button real fast. Looks like Arn Anderson has answered your question on the show. Oh, on the, uh, on the, the live stream that they have from what, uh, I what can't wait to watch said. it. He said it was also a great answer, so I cannot wait to see what the answer was. Uh, little Jimmy, if you can get us a timestamp on that, I would love to check it out, and we'll post I, that I, clip in the Patreon group if we can. I am a proud member of ad-free shows, and uh, I am very grateful for uh, you know the material they gave me to help my day pass by, so uh, I will be checking that out. Uh, you know, Friend of the show, shout out to friend of the show, Conrad Thompson. Conrad Thompson, and I am also a proud member of ad-free shows, and you should be too. So they don't pay us to say this. We pay them because they're no. that fucking good. <laughs> Adfreeshows.com. Yeah, uh, looks like we have one time for one more question here. John Russo sure. wants to know, yeah. hey, Meanie, what's your funniest story from your time visiting or working in Atlantic City? Oh, man. Uh, shout out to John Russo. I think he works for the uh, Press of Atlantic City. Atlantic he does. Just threw him a follow from the Meanie account, too. So you're welcome, John Russo. Nah, he's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dude, living in Atlantic City was, there are plenty of stories, uh, you know, especially in the 80s when, uh, you know, you know, there's always, you know, shows at the casinos and celebrities in town or celebrities in town just for, you know, uh, the, you know, the Tyson fights, you know, at Boardwalk Hall where they had WrestleMania 4 and 5. You know, know, there was a time in my life where I was a teenager working in the uh, Ocean One Mall, which is the mall right across from Caesars, the one that was supposed to look like a ship. You know, I'm working at at work for a company that owns a bunch of booths, and one day I'm, you know, working um, the the, the machine that where you enter your, your age and it tells you, you know, the cost of a loaf of bread when you were born and all this stuff and all that. But then they also had a machine where, like, it was the gypsy machine and it was kind of like my introduction into becoming a worker because I had to convince people to give me a dollar and put their hand on the glass and I give them their fortune, you know, which was just me hitting the space bar on the keyboard and just gave a random, uh, message. But, uh, yeah. And being in that mall, any random day, like you could see like Howie Mandel walk through or <laughs> this one time, uh, I'm working there. I'm right across the hall from the fudgery, which is like, you know, where they make fudge and they sing the fudge songs and stuff like that. And it was a slow night and I'm just standing there. And the girl across from me goes, oh, oh my God. And I look up and she's selling for this dude. And it, it turns out it was like Bobby McFerrin. You know, oh, no don't shit. Wor- yeah, don't worry. Be happy. And like, I don't even know if I should go with this story, but. Because he was kind of a dick, but really, like, uh, <laughs> not really, but really, like. Uh, I'm, so I'm it, surprised it, to hear this, Bobby. So McFerrin, my, don't worry, be happy. Is a dick that seems unusual. Kinda uh, low key dick. Low key um, dick. <laughs> I, I I I I go. Yeah, I'm just a teenager. I'm like, oh, oh, you're you're Bobby McFerrin. He goes, well, if I was Bobby McFerrin, would Bobby McFerrin go to college? I went, what? What, huh? Like the 
to see if I was like a real fan. Like, you know, I heard, you know, Marilyn Manson talks about people asking for autographs and he goes, okay, name three songs that aren't hits, you know, or something yeah. like that, you know, you know, cause you know, but like, dude, you're, you're fucking Bobby McFerrin. Beep, yeah. bop, ooh, bop, beep, bop, bop. You know, <laughs> I should have said, I don't know what you're, <laughs> yeah, I should have started doing this <laughs> shtick back to him, you know, but he's kind of a dick. Yeah. I was like, it's hey, kind of a man, dick thing uh, to say, isn't it? Yeah. I, I just wanted to say, I like your, your stuff, you know, and he's like, and he was like, well, it was, and then he said to college and like slowly walked off with his wife. And I was like, man, what a dick, man. But, um, uh, here's another, well, here's a story of, uh, a different story. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Bobby McFerrin being a dick because I feel like now we have that connection as well, where we've met musicians who have been total pricks in Atlantic City. So, but he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't like totally like, oh fuck you. He was just like, oh well, if I was Bobby McFerrin, uh, where did I go to college? Yeah, like I, wherever a college. I don't. <laughs> dude, it's eighty nine. Wikipedia doesn't exist right now. So right. Uh, get back to get back to me in two thousand twenty two. Right. Um so here's a cool story. Uh and I don't know if I told this one. Uh so Holyfield and Foreman are fighting in Atlantic City. And I you know, if Trump Plaza is on the ocean. I'm on the opposite end of the island on the bay. So you can see the Trump. So I was like, you know what? Let me walk down there. So I, I walk down and, uh, you know, I go hang out in the lobby, fucking run into, there's so, there were so many celebrities there. It was insane. Me and my, I ran into, you know, my classmates from eighth grade and we're just hanging out. You know, we see uh, Luther Campbell from two life crew. He posts oh, wow. for a photo. Uh, my buddies, Bruce Smith from the Buffalo bills was there. My buddies took photos. I took photos for, of them with him and stuff like that. And, uh, so like there's like the a, a, like a faux red carpet. It's not a red carpet, but I got the the barricades up. Yeah. So I'm standing there and we're watching you know people walk through. So John Bon Jovi shows up, <clears throat> and he tries he tries to be slick. He goes around the back of the crowd. So like I feel the I feel the Jovi walk by me. I feel, feel my, the Jovi. Oh I feel God. the Jovi. <laughs> I feel like uh, this power go behind me. I turn around. And I went, oh shit! So uh, you know, I I start walking behind. Him. I start power walking behind him, and he just gets fucking mobbed in the lobby, oh. right? Starts signing autographs. You know, very cordial. Da, 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 da. And he he just scurries back to his limo, like, ah, oh, I gotta get the fuck out of here, because he got mobbed. Yeah, and, and like I can I can see where he might have got like vertigo. You know, speaking of vertigo, and just let me get the fuck out of here. So he goes back to his limo, and his limo's pulling off. And I run up, you know, I, you know, I'm taking photos of the limo and he's signing autographs out the window. I'm taking it. So I was like, shit, I know where he's going. I know exactly where the fuck he's going. Because in Atlantic City, it was Trump Plaza. It was the convention center. And then on the other side was the Atlantis, which used to be the Playboy Casino. Yes. And Trump owned Atlantis. So I was like, yeah, it was a Trump event. So let me. So I start running the opposite direction. I run up to the boardwalk, run down the boardwalk, pass boardwalk hall, run down, make the right into the Atlantis lobby. And I'm running. I know I'm heading right for the fucking elevators. I get to the elevators. He's about to step on an elevator. <coughs> and I'm blown up. I go, John Bon Jovi! John Bon Jovi! 
And uh, he stops. He holds the elevator. And he, <laughs> What's and wrong he looks. With this poor kid. What's, he's something. He must be in distress. Hold on. Hold, hold yeah, the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> so I like. I'm like. <laughs> you know, every be winning, you're trying to drink water, and it just goes down your chest instead of in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like a dog drinking out of a garden hose. <laughs> Come on, Joby! I, I, just to get his attention, it's like if you, it it's like a Ferris Bueller type thing, you know. This. So oh he, he 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 looks, and I'm trying to like walk towards him, you know. Hey, and the sec- there's a hotel security guard, sir. Do you have a room key? Come on, Joby! Let me in. So John, like I'm looking, at, she's breaking my balls, you know. I guess she's doing her job, you know, to yeah. give John surprise. You know, you can't go in the elevator if you don't have a room key. Ask me if I have a room. Key. She knows I don't have a fucking yeah. room key. She knows I'm a fan, just trying to, you know. So he he holds the elevator, gives the, you know, holds up the uh, one moment thing, walks over, gets the security guard who's breaking my balls about the room key. Goes, can you please take this photo with me? And she, he asked her to take the photo of us together. Oh wow! So, if you see like the photo of me and John, it's like I'm just like, <laughs> like it's like it's like a total Chris Farley type, like you know. Hey, just, do you remember? Do you remember when you uh, <laughs> yeah, when you sang the when you sang "Living on a Prayer"? That was yeah. awesome. And I, uh, you know, I I thanked him. And he, he said, oh, thank you. And he looked and he read the, uh, looked the security guard, looked at her name tag. Thank you, whatever her name was, and got on the elevator. But, yeah, that, you know, he, he was like the opposite of Bobby McFerrin. He was, like, super cool. That's awesome. And then from from there, I, I went back to the, the Trump Plaza where uh, the fight was. And uh, <clears throat> me and my buddies from uh, grade school were like, fuck. Let, let's figure out how, how the fuck to get in there. Right, it's the foreman fucking yeah. You gotta get into this fight, yeah. So here was our fucking Ralph Cramden idea. We walk over to the side of the Trump, uh, the convention center, and they have those uh, steel doors where, like, on the other side, you probably have the push bar to open it. But on the other thing, it's just a flat surface. So a couple of us got on one side, got on the right door. The others got on the left side of the door. We all put our fingertips inside the door like a wedge mm-hmm. and we both went on the count of three one two three and we both pulled our respective doors and the doors fly the fuck open and it's like out of a movie like a light probably shined on us and their security <laughs> guard security guard went hey and we just scattered like fucking cockroaches and we ran up into the convention center and up the stairs and you just run to the last uh, you can't the catch highest. all of us right yeah, you gotta go to the highest place you can go yeah yeah, so we, we ran up the steps. We get to our section. We're standing there. We're looking around. We're waving our arms, and we all get together, and we watch the Holyfield Foreman fight. Crazy. And then after that, <laughs> we watched the Holyfield Foreman fight. I worked my way down to the ground level. Fucking Captain Lou Albano's there. Wow. And Captain Lou was there with his wife, so I go over. I have him sign a, I had a dollar bill. He signed a dollar bill. You know, God bless you, whatever. He takes a photo. Then I work my way over into the convention center a little bit more. Fucking Muhammad Ali walks by me in his entourage. I'm like standing like maybe a foot, two feet from Muhammad Ali as him and his entourage are, you know, leaving the convention center. Wow. So it was, 
just living and then the next day i was like fuck let me go back down to atlantis you know i wake up the next day walk in the lobby there's mr t and fucking gene hackman <laughs> and if i didn't have photos with all these people it sounded like i was making this shit up i got i like oh my god I, dude I, I go up to mr t i was like Gotta go phone. He goes, like, $5. You know, he tried to Virgil me. I was like, joking around. You know, I was like, yeah, Try, whatever, you know. Tried to Virgil me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Gene Hackman, on the other hand, Gene Hackman took a photo. He was like, and Gene Hackman thanked me for taking photos with him. I was oh, like, that's amazing. Dude, thank you. You know, <laughs> you're fucking Gene Hackman. Yeah, right. You know. But, I was, uh, I'd, I'd love to see that John Bon Jovi photo. I don't know. if Have you posted it before? I have. I'll send it to you. Yeah, I would love to and, see uh, that one. Yeah. We we can put that up in the uh, the post, but the story behind this photo today on, on this week on uh, mind of the <laughs> that'll be our clip for the week, yeah, yeah, the mind the of the mini clip. That's great, man. Um, so I I, I think I have to get credit to Billy Corgan for that line for the Jovi. He's like he's like <laughs> you know, I didn't listen. Yeah, <laughs> I was with, me and Billy were talking about music. He's like, you know, I didn't listen to much Bon Jovi, but. I got to give the Jovi his due with the, I've seen the million faces and I rocked them all. That's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> the Jovi. I felt the, the Jovi. Jovi behind me. <laughs> let's call that this, let's call that this week. Uh, the Jovi. <laughs> I felt the, the Jovi. Yeah. Oh man. So blue meanie, I got to ask you, where can everyone find you on your social media play, uh, places and pages or whatever you want to call it? We're going to find for you. you to say, easy for you to say, yeah, right. uh, <laughs> If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie, uh, and I don't mean just stalk me and sh- you know, stalk me and shop right when I'm food shopping. I mean, but like, if follow you me on see social media. him in public, the only yeah. acceptable way to greet him going forward is John Bon Jovi. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> John Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be a sound clip. You know that, right? Like it's gonna be on the board now. <laughs> And then, kind of like uh, maybe like a year later, I ran into Richie Sambora. That was pretty cool. <laughs> it's Trump Plaza too. But um, uh, if you would like to follow me, all social media platforms: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, which I haven't figured out yet. Go to at Blue Meanie BWO. If you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash blue meanie if you would like to support mind of the meanie go to prowrestlingtees.com slash mind of the meanie uh if you would like to look and smell as good as the blue meanie go to madcatbeardcare.com get yourself some blue spruce uh oils and uh, creams for your beard and uh all the money goes to helping cats that's why it's madcatbeardcare so go to madcatbeardcare.com and uh get some blue spruce uh, go to WrestlingMetaverse.com. Get on the ground floor of a, a great new wrestling game that's coming out. Very interactive. Uh, be the fir- one, be one of the first people to get on board with this and say you knew when the Blue Meanie told you to get on board at WrestlingMetaverse.com. Uh, if you go, if you have a special event, go to Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO. I could do birthdays, Christmas, graduations, uh, fuck offs, uh, whatever. <laughs> You know, nah, I don't do the fuck off one, but uh, I've done a couple of eat shits. But uh, go to cameo.com slash blue mini BWO and Mr. Barnard, where can we follow you? Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at this is goober. Yes, it is my handle. Yes, I'm keeping it. It's a brand, pal. 
Uh, you can also check out my program, Foundation Radio. Um, you can go to foundationradio.net. You can also follow me on Twitter for that account at FND Radio Pod. Got a lot of really cool interviews and conversations and stuff coming up, including Sam watches bad wrestling poorly. I forced the poor guy, uh, the executive voice of both Foundation Radio and Mind of the Mini, Sam Kreps, forced him to watch the finger poke of doom. Uh, and let's just say he was not a happy camper. Uh, so go ahead and check that out. You can check that out all in the archive right now. Go ahead and pick up a T-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Foundation Radio. Help uh, support the show. Keep the lights on in the Casa Barnard. Uh, Patreon.com slash Mind of the Mini. Go ahead and sign up right now. Uh, become our patron. Don't forget to go to Manscaped.com. And use promo code MindMeanie for 20% off plus free shipping. Uh, Meanie, it is always a pleasure to see you. Uh, our next episode will take uh, take place post-WrestleMania. So, uh, or actually pre-WrestleMania, I would imagine. So we're going to do our best to try to give our predictions uh, and give you a little bit of taste, a little slice uh, before, we, uh, before we head out. And uh, I am looking forward to seeing you all next week for the Blue Meanie. I am Adam Bernard. Join us each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the mirror. Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Millie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.